Yeah, we were terrified, just like everybody else. But uh, like you were saying, Tori, it's so easy to get caught up in that fear. And you're allowed to do that. Like, give yourself some grace. It's a scary time. But turn that fear into motivation. Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I'm talking to dog trainer Louise Daigle. Like many of us, her in-home and group dog training business was put on hold due to the coronavirus. After taking a moment to freak out, Louise and her partner, Jake, started to sit down and make a plan to pivot their business and continue to serve pet owners online. They created an online course called Beyond the Leash that uses videos to teach how to build your dog's focus, have better recall, healing on and off the leash, and other skills that they knew their clients were eager to learn about. And guess what? People are already signing up for the course. This course and other online offerings are keeping Louise in business even during the quarantine. If you'd like to check out the course for yourself, head over to her website, redpointydog.com, and you can use promo code WAG to get $10 off the course. Thank you, Louise, for setting that up. Speaking of online communities, Louise is one of many members of the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group. This free Facebook group is a special place where I like to go to learn, experiment, and investigate ideas to grow our pet industry businesses. Whether you're looking to get a boost on a recent Instagram post or you want some feedback on a new idea, the women of Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs are here to help. So click over to Facebook and request to join the group today. Again, it is called Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs. Louise Daigle is the founder of Red Pointy Dog Training in New Hampshire. Her two Australian cattle dogs, Monzo and Piper, posed unique challenges that inspired Louise to become a dog trainer. As a first-time dog mom nine years ago, she knew that she needed to be the best dog mom she could be in order to help her dogs feel comfortable in the world we live in. As a certified professional dog trainer, Louise focuses on positive, practical, and force-free methods of training. She started Red Pointy Dog Training in 2017 and two years later joined forces with her partner, Jake Belmont. You can usually find her driving home to home to meet with people and their dogs or hiking in the mountains of New Hampshire. Hey, Louise. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So um, you reached out to me via email um, because you have pivoted your business in light of all of the craziness that that has kind of descended upon our world in the last few months. Um, So I'm really, really interested to hear about that. But first, um, I want to hear a little bit about how you decided to become a dog trainer. You know, I I read in your bio about the unique challenges of your dogs. Um, Can you elaborate a little bit on that? 
Absolutely. I'd love to. So many dog trainers have like their their story and it often starts with a difficult dog. So when I was in college, I was actually majoring in dairy management and I accidentally took a canine learning theory course. And at the time, my advisor had a cattle dog and I fell in love with the breed. So in that class, I ended up taking a lab at um, a local animal shelter and made some connections with some local dog trainers, and that was great. And as I was raising Monzo, my first dog, I realized when he hit his second fear period around eight or nine months that he was going to have some problems. And being the dog trainer I am now, I should have seen that coming a mile away. And things he was previously just fearful of, he started, you know, barking, lunging, typical, you know, reactive dog behaviors. And I was so lucky to have great positive dog trainers in the area that I could take reactive dog classes with them and really start to help Monzo acclimate better and learn better coping mechanisms. He's still fearful of of dogs, but we have such a good routine now. He's a dog I really trust. But yeah, like I said in my bio, I had to learn to be a dog trainer to help him. And it's because of him that I'm a dog trainer today. Something that you just said was his second fear period. Is that yeah? Is that correct? I've never heard that term before. What does that mean? So puppies go through all kinds of stages of development. So one where most common commonly known is between the age of 8 and 12 weeks. That's their critical socialization period. And then they go through another period between 6 and 14 months. It's a two to three week window. So it's really, it's hit or miss. Wow. We never really know when it's going to come. We just know it's coming. And it's where we start to see, you know, a previously confident dog suddenly be afraid of like the mailbox or a flag that they've seen plenty of times before. Or for a dog that maybe lacks a bit of resiliency, like my own dog, Monzo, it's when we start to see that uh, reactivity or fear aggression start to come out. It's a really important time to continue to reassure your dog and continue to make lots of positive associations for them. That is so interesting. I'm going to have to definitely look into that um, because you're the first person I've ever heard refer to it, but it makes total sense. Oh, really? And I can can, like picture examples of of that happening with my own dogs and dogs I know. So that's so cool. So for most dogs, uh, you know, if you get them from a breeder or you adopt a really resilient dog, you don't even really see that fear period. It comes and goes so quickly. But for some dogs that, like I said, it might be lacking in some resiliency or, or ability to cope with stress, it, it can be a real problem. And it's just important to be prepared for it. Yeah. Well, and I think that there's you know, you encounter so many people and dogs who their dog does something and the person's like, oh my God, they've never done that before. Um, so it seems like something like that might be able to just pop up kind of when you're not expecting it. Exactly. Um, so, so tell us, so you've been training dogs for like eight or nine years and, um, what, what is your business usually like, like how is it structured? Yeah. So typically the bulk of our business comes from meeting with people inside of their homes, training their dogs. So whether it's puppy raising, they just adopted a new dog, or their dog is dealing with severe aggression problems, we meet with people in home to help them help their dogs. We do also offer a variety of group training classes in the area as well. Um, but obviously, that's all changed. <laughs> that has all changed. Um, and so when you reached out to me via email, um, 
you know, you told me that you had pivoted your business and something that really caught my attention was, you know, you were talking about other pet business owners um, and how a lot of people, when, when things change abruptly and dramatically like this, they can be met with a lot of fear and frustration and not really sure how to move forward because they're just paralyzed in fear of like, I can't keep doing my business. My business is going to just shut down, but that doesn't have to be the case. So, um, so you've kind of pivoted your business and, um, started an online course. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So yeah, we were terrified just like everybody else (laughs) and still kind of are, but, uh, like you were saying, Tori, it's so easy to get caught up in that fear. And you're allowed to do that. Like give yourself some grace. It's a scary time, but turn that fear into motivation. And that's what Jake and I did. We really put our minds to paper and brainstormed and came up with a topic for a course that would complement any one of our services. So if they've take someone's taken a puppy class with us, manners, reactive dog, if we've worked one-on-one for aggression, we created an online course that would complement all of that. So we were really lucky that our local Grange Hall was still open. We rented it for the afternoon and we took Monzo and Piper and we filmed all day. We took every bit of video we could. It's not perfect, but it's done and that's what's important. And we we just really hustled and edited these videos and created handouts and opened our first teachable course online. That is so awesome. I I think that, um, you know, I talked to a lot of other course creators and since I I have my own online course, I interact with other course creators who aren't in the dog space. And I think um, a lot of people that I that I see, they have an idea for a course. They spend like months writing mm-hmm. the content. They spend months filming the videos, <laughs> and then they finally edit it, and it's ready like two and a half years later. Right. <laughs> um. So it's amazing that you just kind of like took the bull by the horns and just filmed all these videos. And you could use your own dogs, and you and Jake obviously um could kind of. I'm guessing help each other out, you know, one person start the camera and the other person instruct and that kind of stuff. So um, talk about, you know, really turning that fear into motivation. That's really impressive. Yeah, yeah. It's been quite the process. Yeah, it's, I mean, I I totally understand. It's a lot of work (laughs) to create a course, but um, like you said, done is better than perfect and you have it out there. And one of the cool things that you said is that it complements all of your existing programs um, so that people who have been clients are going to make sense of your course. But what I'm also hearing is people could take the course who have never worked with you before and mm-hmm. like maybe when the world opens up again eventually, <laughs> they, right. they could work with you in person and it'll all kind of fit together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so what, what would you suggest to someone who is listening to this? Maybe, um, maybe they're a trainer or a dog sitter or a groomer or something like that. And they'd like to create an online course, but they have no idea. The technical, the technical part is just like overwhelming to them. Yeah. How, how would you recommend that they kind of get started in doing that? So 
my first recommendation is to get it on paper. And you might not know what your topic should be yet, and we didn't. We just sat down and did an idea dump and wrote every single thought that came to mind on paper for like 15 minutes and then, you know, highlighted the top five. And the other thing that's so cool is most of us have an email list or a Facebook page. You can ask your followers what they're interested in. What do they want to know more about? And it's it's so easy to be overwhelmed by tech. And I continue to be overwhelmed by tech. But we did it with our cell phone, with a cheap $10 Amazon tripod and, you know, free editing software and just threw it together. And there's great, um, you know, editing um places online like Canva or even just Google Drawings to create handouts and lesson plans. It's It can be really easy if you make it easy. So it can be overwhelming the amount of content that you could mm. cover because as a dog trainer, you know, you specialize in reactive dogs and positive reinforcement training, and there's all these different kind of specialties and, and niches. How did you narrow it down to what you were going to cover in your course? So... That, that's a great question. And we, we were able to narrow it down based on the, the need that people wanted. So we constantly have people telling us their dogs pull on leash, that their dogs don't come when called, and that they lack engagement. So it just was like magic for us. We knew we wanted to create a course that um, encompassed all those things. So we created Beyond the Leash, which was a four-part online course to boost your dog's engagement, build their attention, and connect with them beyond the leash. So it will improve their recall. It'll improve their leash manners. It'll teach them to heal. It'll teach them to come away from prey animals. Um, so that was just based on our own client base of the people that we have, figuring out what their pain points are, what their dog's struggles are, and then kind of clustering that together in content that we could sell to them. And are people signing up and have they started doing the lessons? Yes, it's been so much fun. <laughs> so we also created a Facebook group to go along with it because right now we can't you know, check in face to face to see how they're doing. So we wanted to provide a way that we could keep up with them and answer their questions. So we have a Facebook community that's just like a free bonus. They can post videos in there if they want some feedback. We do live Q&As in there every week. And we do free bonus material in there too. So if they're struggling with, you know, teaching their dog to settle, we can go over that in that course as well. And it's been like talk about positive reinforcement. So rewarding to see people post their videos, doing one of our lesson plans and see success in their dog. That's why we do what we do. I, I can totally like I have a smile on my face right now. just like thinking about all the people posting videos and having breakthrough moments with their dogs yes. and sharing it with other people. And, um, you know, that's something that is not a component in typical in-home dog training. So right. do you think that this kind of Facebook or online community might be something that you continue with or integrate into your like regular work at all? Yeah, so we do have like a regular Facebook group that kind of goes with our Facebook page. And initially, it's called the Homework Club. We just wanted to motivate people to do their dog training homework. 
And it's kind of turned into a similar uh, type of atmosphere as our course community does. You know, people are posting videos of their walks with their dogs and doing fun enrichment games. And it just is so motivating for everybody in there to stick with their routines with their dog and try to find that normalcy during this difficult time. I think that might be kind of like the silver lining of everyone having to figure out how to do things virtually nowadays, Um, you know. These, these kind of online communities, we could use this like in regular life. You know, this would be a great enhancement to life no matter what is going on. Exactly. If you're struggling to grow your Instagram account, you might feel like you're actually losing money. Managing your account is taking valuable time away from your business. And let's be honest, it's taking time away from your dog. Most of the advice out there from so-called Instagram experts is either too common sense or so unclear that you can't figure out how to make it work for you. That's because it's not designed for pet people. In my online course, Instagram Strategy for the Pet Obsessed, aka Inspo, I'll teach you how to create a posting schedule and stick with it, proven strategies to boost engagement, how to work with influencers or even become one plus tech trainings that reveal hidden tricks inside the app. This might be the only Instagram course that tells you to spend less time on Instagram. That's because it's created by a dog mom. And I know all we really want at the end of the day is to spend more time with our dogs. Go to wearwagrepeat.com inspo to learn more. Hurry up because I have some great bonuses and they are going to expire soon. That is wherewagrepeat.com slash I-N-S-P-O. So um, one, of the th- one of the things that I, I think you do is you collaborate um, with other dog professionals. Um, yes. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I obviously love collaborating and I'm, I'm yeah. all about connecting with other people in the pet industry. So um, what are some of your favorite ways to do that? So I am super lucky that in the area I live in, I'm surrounded by amazing dog trainers, dog walkers, dog daycares, pet sitters. It's It's been awesome. And collaborating with them on giveaways and projects, or even just if you need help or you need to bounce ideas off someone, having somebody, uh, you know, in that community that you can reach out to has been so beneficial to me. And, you know, it's one of the mindsets that we try to live by is community over competition, because it's so easy to say, yeah, I have like six dog trainers very close to me. They are my competition. Absolutely. But they're also part of our community and we're all working towards the same goal. And when your clients see you collaborate with other dog professionals, that makes you seem more warm and welcoming and you're more of a face that they can trust. And that's the kind of mindset we want to we want to live by and we want to share that with our clients and our community. Yeah, I think that's just, um, you know, kind of like leading by example. Um, And I love how you put it that, you know, when your clients see you collaborating, they can just tell even subconsciously um, that you're going to be a collaborative, you know, open-minded, warm person to work with. That's, I had never really thought about it that way. Yeah. And yeah, it's been, it's been so good to work with these people and use them as a resource and then they can use us as a resource. And like I said, we're all working towards the same goal. We want to help people and we want to help dogs and we can expand our reach by doing that. 
And I'm curious, like, I want to kind of get your thoughts on this. So, so something that I've been thinking about is due to the coronavirus, um, you know, we've all seen so many stories that animal shelters are empty because people are adopting every dog (laughs) and (laughs) every kitty and everything and they're fostering and people, you know, I've read about a shelter that had like 3,500 applications for foster. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Um, but, you know, when when life does go back to normal and people go back to 40-hour-a-week-plus jobs, um, you know, do what do you think is – what what's going to happen? Um, this is just kind of like I'm picking your brain on this, but yeah. <laughs> what do you think is, is going to happen or kind of what are the challenges that people are going to face um, with all these, these new dogs that um, aren't used to their regular lives? Yeah. And I think people just need to be proactive about that. I mean, myself included, our dogs are used to being home four to six hours a day and alone. And now they're, they're not, we're here all the time. So, you know, we're going to see a lot of dogs that might develop uh, some destructive behaviors or maybe losing some of their potty training skills. And it's just important that as dog professionals, we're there for them. And, you know, like we started this conversation, it's easy to uh, be afraid of what's going to happen and just to kind of turn into yourself and and hide. But it's important because these people need us now more than ever, and we need them. And to continue writing those blogs and to continue putting content and information out there to support these people who are taking taking that step to to foster this dog or to adopt this dog, and they're going to need our help real soon, hopefully real soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hopefully we can all get out there and get to regular work soon. Um, but yeah, that, I, that's, that's a great point. You know, not as a, as a pet parent. And I know people listening to this are usually in the pet industry, not necessarily right. new pet owners, but um, as pet professionals, I think we can educate people and get the word out there that if your brand new dog that you adopted during quarantine, when you <laughs> go back to work, he eats your baseboards don't send them back to the shelter. Right. Just put some yeah. time into um, training and educating and, and bonding um, because it's it's going to be a shift for everyone. So absolutely, I think we can do our part by just getting the word out there that, you know, it's possible to train your dog. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's going to give you an excuse to leave the dog at home and go enjoy some some fresh air. They need to to start acclimating to that now. Right. Yeah. And in preparation for um, for people to go back to work, um, is there a way that they can kind of ease their dog into that? Yeah, absolutely. So again, like one of my dogs has to be created when we leave. And if you have a newly adopted dog, start crate training them now. Err on the side of caution. Go forward as if they're going to destroy your home <laughs> and start crate training now and setting up those routines, even, even as simply as crating them when you eat dinner or crating them when you go get the mail, whatever it might be, so they can start really getting used to that um, that change in your routine as well. That's great advice. Um, so I, I do – we talked at the very beginning about your dog, Monzo, mm-hmm. uh, but we didn't talk, touch on Piper at all. So yeah. um, tell us tell us a little bit about, about Piper and um, how your two dogs get along and, and what you guys love to do together. Okay. So 
Monzo and Piper, like I said, they're both Australian cattle dogs, so they don't exactly love each other. We have, <laughs> we have uh, tolerance, and that's that's enough. That's all I can ask for. Um, but they're both very active dogs. They're eight and nine right now. So for uh, Piper's a trick dog champion. She loves doing tricks. That's her heart and soul. Um, we're also working on parkour titles and stunt dog titles. She is so incredibly smart. Um, I call her my little princess. She's just <laughs> spoiled, spoiled rotten as any good dog should be. Um, yeah, so that's that's what we do together. She likes to hike, but she gets put out if it's too hard for her. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She's she a little is. princess. Yes. Good for yes. her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and is Monzo into any of the trick and uh, stunt work as well? So Monzo is our parkour dog. He's working on his trick titles, but he's my he's my nose work dog. So we compete in nose work together. And we were so devastated when our NW2 trial was canceled because of the coronavirus. But it's just given us more time to practice. Yes, so we'll I back know. To it. Everything has been canceled. Lucy, my dog Lucy, has been working on her tricks as well. Oh, yay. Um, and so we're trying to get our novice trick dog title or <laughs> what, like the, the baby one, the one for like yep, yep. puppies. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lucy's eight years old and we're trying to get that. Um, and we were going to get it at a dog show in April, but that got canceled. Um, yeah. So I think there's a way to submit videos and get there it is. online. Yep. So um, mm-hmm. that's that's a good quarantine project for us. <laughs> yeah, we were so lucky the AKC opened up their titles to allow video submission. So that's something we've been working on in our Facebook group. We had 13 dog owners get their dogs novice trick dog titles in the last two weeks. It's oh, yay. Awesome. Oh, well, that gives me motivation. I should. You can do I it. I should definitely do it. I mean, she she really, I think actually doing the videos is probably easier than doing it in person mm-hmm. because you can do it in an environment where you're comfortable. <laughs> exactly. So take this little extra boost. You have to do it now. Okay. All right. I, I this is my quarantine resolution <laughs> is to get our trick dog novice title. <laughs> Awesome. I'll hold you to it. Thank you. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, Louise, tell everyone um, where where can they find your course, Um, you know, whether they want to take it or if they're a dog trainer somewhere else in the country, you know, I'm sure that you would live up to the community over competition. If if you're a different dog trainer, you could check out your course and um, maybe get inspired by it. So where can people find it? So um, if you go to redpointydog.com, we have a link to our online courses right there, or you can find us on Facebook at Red Pointy Dog Training. Awesome. Well, that is easy enough. Thank you so much uh, for being on the show. It was really great to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at teamistic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or join the Wear Wag Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wearwagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.